It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and a huge welcome to this week's episode of Gina Gardner and Friends. And today, I have a returner. I have John Latter with me, who is a mystic, the author of Synchronicity of Love, and a teacher. And we had such a great conversation, and we were by no means finished with the conversation last time, that I've invited John to come back. And today our theme is about open hearts and open minds. Now, it's a saying, John, thank you and welcome for joining me. It's a saying that you're that's very close to your heart. Why is that saying so, does it have, why does it have such significance for you? Yeah, um, thanks. Thanks for the question, and thanks again for the invitation. Being back with you again, it's been you know, it's really fun to join you again on your show. Um, well, I think probably it's important to me because that's been my journey, and um, I'm going to go back over 20 years ago. Um, Michael Crichton wrote a book called Travels. Michael Crichton, the author, who's written dozens of best-selling novels, and um, but he wrote a nonfiction book called Travels. And he, um, he also went through a period where he was highly intelligent and thought he knew it all and went through kind of his own version of, you might call it a midlife crisis at quite of a young age, age 30. And when he came out of it, he was determined to go and experience for himself directly everything he'd ever just read about. He wanted to determine for himself what he thought about it. And he chose to open his book and all of his stories with a quote from Rilke that goes, some evening, take a step out of your house, which you know so well. Enormous space is near. And I love that quote, even though at the time, I didn't really make any sense to me. And it's only after a couple of decades looking back that I look back with such reverence at that quote, because that's been my journey. And, and so uh, I would call it uh, sometimes grudgingly, sometimes fighting, but constantly trying to open my mind, open my heart, to see things differently, to experience it for myself, not just go by the opinions of others or what I read 
online or in a book or something. I wanted to go experience it directly for myself. And it made all the difference in the world. And I encourage everybody to do that. Now, some people do that naturally by nature. A lot of people are kind of more locked into their belief systems and their routines. But, you know, if you get locked in for too long, uh, sometimes life can feel sort of empty, stale, dry. And so I, I encourage everybody, you know, when they kind of lived out their belief systems and kind of wore them out, it's time to sort of be like the caterpillar and the butterfly and go through the transformation and be somebody different and appreciate life, see life differently. And life will feel in, immeasurably richer as a result of it. And I, like so many people, do do that, but usually only after a lot of pain and suffering. <laughs> and so I think the message is now, it doesn't always have to be pain and suffering that drags you into a, you know, kicking and screaming into a deep transformation. I think if you just take it day by day, week by week, it's like, you know, I'm willing to open my mind here a little bit, open my heart to the situation and to see things differently. And, um, and I think it's a, oh, it's a way of living that I would encourage everybody, even though it can be scary, because boy, all of us to one degree or another are kind of wedded to our routine, wedded to our belief systems, wedded to how we think we see things. And we have a lot invested in that. Um, I had a therapist friend that was cracking me up. She said, you know, John, I can't tell you how many people they come into my office and I point and I say, the grass really is greener over there. All you have to do is cross the bridge, but they're afraid. And the, the known is preferable, even though it's terrible, to the unknown, which probably is going to be better. And so I just guess I want to always encourage people to just be a little brave, cross that bridge to the other side, see what it looks like over there, and decide for yourself if it was worth crossing the bridge to the other side and seeing things differently. You know, there's so much in there. The old saying, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got, is one yes. that always strikes me as such an important one to take on board. And you're right. So many people will stay within the known, their comfort zone, even though it's anything but comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> because it feels, it gives the illusion of being safe because yeah. it is the known. And yet... We don't know what we don't know. So if you always work within that cycle or that circle of, of known territory, you're never going to grow and expand. And I think it's interesting that you use the, the analogy of um, a caterpillar and a butterfly. It's one I use a lot myself. So if you think about the world as the caterpillar sees it, it crawls along the branch, munching away, getting fatter and fatter. But it sees things from a very different perspective. It's very earthbound, isn't it? Yeah. So its perspective is necessarily smaller. When it trans, uh, it, it trans um, morphifies, it, it becomes the butterfly. It's a completely different organism. And it sees things from a height. It has the opportunity to fly and be free. But I think the thing that I find so interesting is that if you look at the bit in the middle, there's the pupa. And if you were cruel enough to cut the pupa in the middle, it's just mush. Yeah. So the caterpillar has to sort of become something that is unformed in order to form the new version, which is the butterfly. Yeah. 
And I think so many people are frightened of the void in the middle. If I stay where I am as a caterpillar, well, at least I know where the next leaf is. Um, it might be a thorny branch or it might be that, you know, my view is boring, but I haven't got to go through that void. Yeah, I think you nailed it. And in fact, um, I can honestly say, looking back over the last 20 years, that was the scariest part was the unknown, because the mind is so quick to fill in the gaps of what it's probably going to be like. But the truth is, it doesn't know what it's going to be like. I mean, the caterpillar doesn't come out of cocoon, a bigger, fatter caterpillar. It comes out completely different, you know. And so, um, yeah, and I, I think it's kind of hysterical looking back at all the fear I felt through my journey, because I had a lot of very interesting, unexpected experiences, um, you know, with energy, kundalini energy, visions, um, energy coursing through my body, you know, that was healing me and other people, but felt entirely out of my volitional control. And so looking back, it was beautiful. And I think if I had to do it all over again, I would have been doing it in total trust. But I didn't know because of just the way you described, there's so much uncertainty. There's the unknown. And there are sometimes great periods of waiting where it doesn't feel like you're either a caterpillar or a butterfly. And and so if you're kind of action oriented like I am, those are some of the worst parts of all is the waiting parts. <laughs> well, we're going to have to go to a short break. So people are going to have to wait just a minute or two for us to carry on the conversation. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. This is a St. Jude moment. Ashton was a high-level athlete, and in a, an instant, your world flips, and your healthy five-year-old competitive cheerleader has a brain tumor. And the physician was like, your best option is St. Jude. Receiving treatment that was life-saving for our child, and knowing that that treatment would be of no cost to us, was a huge weight lifted. Learn more at stjude.org. Hi, we're the Oak Ridge Boys. Scammers steal billions of dollars from unsuspecting people every year. We are working with AARP's Fraud Watch Network and the Department of Justice to keep you from being a victim of fraud. They have vital information for you. They will help you get in touch with folks that fight fraud every day. Go to aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. Welcome back. We're talking about being brave enough to move into the unknown, to recognize that nobody knows it all. And, you know, I don't think we've ever lived in a time in history when there has been so much knowledge available and such a breadth of knowledge. No one person can know it all. And one of the things that strikes me is when people are fearful, and I think we live at a time when many people are living in fear, and don't have the faith that things will be okay, that yeah. they then clasp on to what they think they know, like somebody holding on to um, a piece of flotsam in the ocean, having just been shipwrecked. What's your view? Well, I totally agree. And I would even add on to that. If things get scary enough in the collective, a huge portion of the population will, um, I'm going to call it, try and find their tribe, too, because they feel safe, you know, as a Republican or a Democrat or a Jewish person or a Christian person or, or a, you know, a, a football team fan or, you know, 
And so, um, yeah, I think there's this always when things get scary individually or collectively, there's this desire to hang on to the known and to hang out with your tribe and the tribe that you, you know, will help you feel safe because everything out there feels like it's opposed to you some way. And um, it takes great courage to um, uh, embrace the uncertainty and and I, and I, in my experience, um, I mean, all experiences are just, uh, they're just here. We, we can learn from them. We grow from them. We evolve from them. And if you believe that we have lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, there really are people on the planet who are young souls, middle-aged souls, old souls. And one of the ways we become an old soul is to go through a lot of experiences and, and, you know, life as a human being on earth, we have an almost infinite variety of experiences that we can experience. And I think uh, that's one thing that's helpful if you can treat everything that you're going through, no matter how difficult it is, as a lesson. Uh, you know, what am I learning from this? How can I learn from this? Because at its core, none of us are a human being. None of us are at its core, but we are embodied as humans we are having a human experience and i you know it's an easy thing to say it's a hard thing to do when you're in fear and anxiety but if you just keep coming back to that huh i'm i'm having this experience and i'm learning from it it might be painful i think it can soften the blow and not make people so likely to hang on to the known and to retreat to the safety of their tribe you know their family or their culture i think we are so conditioned aren't we we tend to did some research about who are the people you are you are likely to like and befriend, and it's people who we perceive to be like us. Yeah. And everybody uses a different criteria or a set of criteria, a blueprint, if you like, in terms of um, people and situations that we consider safe, and uh, people and situations that we consider different, and different for most people at at deep level they feel unsafe. And it takes us right back to cavemen and women. Yeah. Who, if you weren't part of the same tribe, then you were a threat. And that yeah. if there was a change in the weather or a change in the circumstances, that was a threat. And I've spoken about this many times on the show, that we like to think that we have hugely evolved. But the reality yeah. is that deep in our core, we are not greatly different to our ancestors. And it just strikes me that that so many people believe that they want a life that is um, without challenge. You know, if only life was easy. But I don't know about you. My greatest learning has come from my challenges. Yeah. You know, you talk about lessons. I talk about lessons and gifts, and there've been huge gifts in those challenges. Because when life is very even, we don't learn very much. And to be quite honest, most of the time, if it was like that all the time, it would be incredibly boring. Yeah, I uh, I'm with you, Gina. I uh, I I have to concede all my greatest growth gifts, all the words you use, came with my biggest challenges. There's no doubt about it. And um, and so when I encounter another big challenge, I try to remind myself, okay, I've been through big challenges before. I can get through this, but sometimes I forget. And, um, and I also want to tag on to what you're saying, uh, and this is just how I perceive things. I think 
in the collective, I'm going to talk about humanity as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, there are people that want things to be safe and predictable uh, and, you know, to use your words, boring. But if the pendulum gets tilted too far that way, then a certain portion of the population wants to stir things up. I'm going to call it chaos. Mm -hmm. And But when the pendulum goes too far into chaos, here come all the people wanting to control things again, wanting to return to, I almost call it traditional family values, traditional values, to the known, the safe, the boring, the predictable, the controlled. And that's kind of how I see life. And it's actually kind of how I see politics in a lot of ways, too. Uh, too much chaos and somebody is going to come along that's going to try and, you know, control or minimize the chaos. Too much boredom. Somebody's going to come along and stir things up again. And I, I kind of think that's how life is. And um, and I kind of think that that's how people are wired, too. Like they want safety. They want predictability. Um but if it goes on year after year, it can get kind of tiresome. But too much calamity and chaos, and they just they want everything put in order again. And so that's just one of the ways I see it, is this pendulum swinging back and forth and back and forth. And I think for, for getting the balance, that's the thing, isn't it? When you are in that perfect balance, that there is enough uncertainty or variety to keep you stimulated and for things to be um, feeling that you are not in a rut, but at the same time, you know, we've all we we've all got that level of security of control that we need in order to feel safe, and it's going to be different for different people. Yeah. But I think it's quite fascinating watching it over my lifetime um, in terms of roles of leadership how the world is changing and how the speed at which things are made available to people in terms of information through communication has significantly changed. And so people had the opportunity before when things came by uh, uh, pigeon post and snail mail, um, or and you had that telephone with a wire to the wall and, you know, information took time to get across um, from uh, different countries. Now, as things are happening, it is news on social media and so on. I think part of it is that people don't get a chance to actually um, manage one bit of information or one challenge before another is thrown at them. And so that's constantly putting people off balance. And so I think part of this is people being able to be grounded and yeah. recognise where their own anchor point is. Um, and be able to use the off switch for media and social media and say, actually, I don't need to know that. I can't do anything about it. I will deal with what I have within my immediate environment for this moment in time. I'm not talking for forever, but at this point, I'll deal with my stuff and then I'll look out to other people's stuff. Yeah, I think that's really insightful. And I, I experience exactly what you're talking about. And um I think even when it comes to learning, you have to, I forget, I heard an author describe it as you have to ingest something, digest something, and then metabolize it, like embody it. And I think when there's such a glut of information and things out there, I think it's all at the level of barely being ingested, 
but it's not being digested and it's not being embodied. And I think that's that grounding piece you're talking. And so I have to find, I find myself living in the world today. Um, the best word I have in my vocabulary is no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, because God, there's endless distractions. Even just, just the news alone, I mean, is changing by the minute and changing by the hour. And so I try, I try to sort of skim the news, maybe skim social media, but then focus on one thing and try to tune everything out because between social media, the internet, the news, the media, cell phones, you know, if you remember in the old days, the phone had a wire on it, but you actually had to be there to answer the phone. You know, you could have been out in your car and it's like, well, missed that call. And so it's extraordinary the amount of, I'm going to call it noise that's out there now. And so I, I like to pick and choose, uh, you know, one thing at a time or a few things at a time and try to really slow down and kind of embody it before I move on to the next thing. I think that's great advice. We're going to have to go to a short break. Please don't go away because we're not finished yet. Long day with ADT. It's safe to say. Nap time. Okay. When you know your home is protected by the largest security network in the industry. Protect what matters most with the security company that's helped save more lives than any other home security provider. One hour pickup order? Got it. Thanks. Radovi, can I have a big meeting today? And two boxes of Twizzlers. Yeah, uh, for the team. The team. Yeah, team. Go team. Go team! Know what's better than overnight shipping? Free one-hour pickup when you order online or on our app at Office Depot Office Mac. Welcome back. We've just, before the break, um, John was talking about the white noise, I call it, uh, that is around and the, the need to say no. And I would you know, add to that that all electronic equipment, all technical equipment has an off button. And I get the sense that, you know, the, the moment technology is often, you know, the tail wagging the dog rather than the dog wagging the tail and how important it is to be quite discerning about how you spend your time, because you can only spend your time and your energy once. And if you're spending hours on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram, um, you know, what value are you getting out of it other than it allowing you to pass time quite pleasurably? And that's fine for a, a while, but if that's going to be, you know, you're spending hours and hours on it, you have to ask yourself, is that the best use of your time and your energy? Yeah, I, um, so my book, The Synchronicity of Love, probably, and it's 119 short stories in it, probably half the stories in it came to me through dreams and meditations. And, and I would never have gotten that cruising the internet, you know, channel surfing on TV, spending a lot of time on my cell phone and text messaging. Um, and so, yeah, in addition, I, that's what I want to say. It, the most valuable word to me in the English language today is no. That's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be in the integrity of my own space for about an hour now. And I'm going to listen to myself because I, I really, if I could summarize my book, it would be, you know, that there is guidance of a higher nature available to myself and to other people that I didn't know was available and but you it does require 
quiet time. It requires a good night's sleep. It requires asking for dreams at night. It requires, you know, um, awareness and meditation. You know, I would meditate 10 times and nine out of 10 times it'd be a quiet, peaceful experience. But the 10th time, some being shows up and is speaking to me and giving me great wisdom and great insight into things. I can't get that from somebody else's social media posts. I can get that I should do that myself, but until I actually do it. And so, yeah, and I I think I'm kind of just wired anyway to um, enjoy and try to be in the integrity of my own space for a period of time every day. I think there are many people who really struggle with that. Yeah. That they, you know, having been in the world of education, I think, it was a growing problem whilst I was a serving principal or head teacher. I think it's much a much bigger issue, mm-hmm. and that is the capacity for children to be able to um, to entertain themselves yeah. or to do um, something that does not require somebody else to make it incredibly entertaining. And that's not to say that teachers or parents go out of their way to to make life boring. Not at all. But at the same time, I think so many children, if it's not, doesn't come and look like a video game that's very noisy and lots of moving parts, they're not interested. And I think that's going to be quite an issue because there's a lot of stuff that we learn by reading or being quiet. And there's such a wealth of opportunity in terms of opening a great book. But that yeah, I, uh, I, I it kind of cracks me up, like with the advent of the internet, which just God has changed so many things in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the one hand, it's I feel like it's how everything is in the world. On the one hand, it's better. You've got this access to information that the general public worldwide never had access to. And if it did, it was really slow or highly filtered. And it's amazing. But it's also a curse because <laughs> there's... I want to say there's so much content out there and learning to just pick and choose and, and not get sucked into it because it can be an addiction just like anything else, like gambling or sex or anything else. It can be an addiction that can just eat up hours and hours of your day. And um, so, yeah, learning this. And I'm, I'm not saying people shouldn't get on there and shouldn't learn that way. But coming back to what we talked about earlier about balance, learning to spend time alone, learn to be receptive to kind of your own inner wisdom. That's a skill that I want to encourage everybody to try to embrace. And becoming discerning about what to watch and what not. Having said that, I'd love people to go and sign up to my YouTube account. There's lots of real value there. It's genuinely you with Gina Gardner. Um, And there are some some silly YouTube shorts, but there's also some real wisdom there that's been garnered over decades. And that's all available free on YouTube. Before we finish the show, we've only got the last few minutes. Where can people find you and your book? Yeah, so my name is John David Latta, and the last name is spelled L-A-T-T-A. And my website is johndavidlatta.com. You can find my book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and I found out just recently uh, Target and Walmart as well. Um, It's called The Synchronicity of Love, Stories That Heal, Transform, and Awaken. 119 true and mostly true stories, very short stories. Good for today's generation that has short attention spans. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much. As you know, that every guest that comes onto the show, we invite them to choose one of four 
um, projects run by B1G1, Buy One, Give One, which is an organisation set up to help people around the world. Um, but at the same time, it's designed for businesses to make giving part of what they do. And so we ask um, each of our guests to choose a project. 10% of everything that Genuinely You earns goes to B1G1. Um, and the projects at the moment are clean water, education, health and the environment. Which of those four would you like us to donate to on your behalf? I would say education. Brilliant. So a donation will be going on your behalf at the end of the month. It just remains for me to say to you, John, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, those of you that are listening to this, first of all, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. I've had some lovely emails over the last few weeks. And please do let me know what you think. And if there are particular themes that you would like um, me to cover on the show. The one thing for me that's so important is that we add value. So please do contact me at Gina at Gina Gardner and friends, and the word and is the word and, not uh, the anthracan, um, and let me know, what do you think? What do you enjoy? And what would you like more of? And if you've got a story to share, then I'd love to know that. Think about open hearts, open minds. How open are you? How much are you allowing yourself to grow and to do things in a different way. This year, I think, is going to be a real challenge for so many people. But ultimately, you decide whether that challenge defines you or whether you look for the lesson and the gift in that challenge and you use it to help you grow. Thanks very much for joining me. Thanks, John. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.